0: Hello, Date Night fam. Brie here with my dapper
1: hubby. Dapper? Now we're talking. That's an intro I'll take. <laughs>
0: this is so fun it to do with you. It is
1: fun. Well, this should be an interesting one today, everybody. Oh my. To set the record straight. I shared this idea with beautiful Bree over the summer and she kind of just... Well, you didn't say anything. You didn't respond at all. So I'm still not sure if you're on board with it.
0: Let's just say I roll with the punches. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my idea was pull back the veil, kind of scroll through our notes from issues on Date Night. We'll call them discussions. discussions. And really just let people have a peek in. And what started it was a college girl at church. She said, you and Bree never fight.
0: 100% not true.
1: (laughs) And then we were in the car with Peyton discussing how marriage is holiness, not happiness, and all the work she's in for. And she said, but you make it look so fun. And then we said two decades of work.
0: Totally. The first decade we spent just trying to figure out one another. And then the last decade has been seeking the Lord with Mm -hmm. intentionality and humility.
1: All to say, I thought let's share a few stories or one big one, as the case may be. Talk about anger, peace, patience, and just truths people can hold on to, especially when things go a little bit nuclear. Sounds good. So you on board? Yes. Ethan ready? Let's roll. Okay, so before we jump in, this officially is season two. Who would have thought? I know. So to celebrate our pod anniversary, I found some new buttons. Not that Sproul and Lawson were bad, but it just felt like time. Totally. We played these last week a little bit, but I just want everyone to be on the same page. Okay, so here's number one, just for when something great happens, something really good. That's MJ. Your face. That's my guy. Here's number two for when we kind of mess up.
0: My fave. That's your
1: fave, Miss <laughs> Pac-Man. And number three, when there's just real love in the air. We want to make sure that we can have a... Yeah. Aww, eighth, eighth grade. <laughs> eighth grade. Aww. Never let go, Jack. Never let go. <laughs> now, we may need a little Celine today because what I did was just go back through the past few months and pulled a few topics we've discussed on date night. And I want to be clear with everyone, this isn't fake news. This is legitimate stuff. And I thought that we could share briefly what the topic was, a few of the sensitive issues, and then kind of how we worked through it. And then spend some time talking about emotions and anger and peace and patience and just how important it is to respond well, even when we get hurt.
0: And before we start a great little book for couples who struggle with anger or fighting is Ed Welch's small book about a big problem, which is super helpful because it's small, but power packed with truths to guide you through anger and fighting. And next week we will talk about Stuart Scott's book on communication and conflict resolution, Mm. which is personally one of my favorites. there's a
1: part two to this? Yes. I think both (laughs) those books are like seven bucks on Amazon. Yeah.
0: So which one are we going to share?
1: Cheesecake factory. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like we should, because it was recent. And it was one of the heavier discussions we've had in a long time. And mm-hmm. I ended up getting two pieces of cheesecake. So. Right.
0: So let's start with the culmination. So everyone understands context okay. and then we can discuss how we got there. So the culmination point was we were both a bit frustrated with one another, but by mm-hmm. God's grace, we didn't sniff at each other during the week, but actually prayed and waited until date night and then started a very long talk <laughs> on the drive to Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> so we ended up, I think, talking for quite some time time in the parking lot and then continued during dinner and i had to make a couple of stops to the ladies room for composure but meanwhile you just ate away on your chocolate cheesecake
1: (laughs) (laughs) it was the godiva chocolate it was gluten-free so good but this was a major milestone, kind of a milestone in you know 20 years. I think it was, to the best of my recollection, the first time we ever talked and talked and eventually got to the point we were so talked out, we just said, let's go home, kiss and make up, shelve it, you know?
0: Yes. And I wouldn't call this explosive anger and frustration, but more of like a long simmer because we were multiple issues converging and it built up for a few weeks. It was.
1: And let's kind of lay all those convergence points out for people because then it'll help give a snapshot.
0: Okay. Well, it started with Peyton going to Madagascar because mm-hmm. I don't think we either understood the emotional toll that would take on us like under the surface and even though we were confident in the Lord and appearing rather fine on the outside I think we were both processing deeply would you agree?
1: I would and, and I don't you know this I don't get sad under stressful circumstances or really anything but more rigid like kind of like leadership overdrive
0: yes and I can begin to feel weak and then you were really tough on Ezekiel for not stepping up to wash the mm-hmm. dog and when I came in to discuss it with you you were let's just say Kurt snippy <laughs> and then another conversation had with Ethan uh, we were discussing a laundry issue and you said something like oh. he'd almost won the argument right, which at that right. time yep. I perceived it. Is you taking a side when later I realized you were just trying to advise him on how to dialogue, you know, functional points without assaulting someone's positional premise.
1: Yes, that is correct.
0: Okay. I feel like I'm talking a lot. And then you called me <laughs> pregnant after eating <laughs> Urban Plate. I thought
1: you were in a jokey mood.
0: <laughs> I'm not saying I was perfect. I mean, you'd been traveling to preach. I'd been sick. And for all those reasons, intimacy was not as often as normal. And my emotional wheels were spinning with a new season of life. You know, little birdies flying out of the yep. nest.
1: And I'd also add that you jumped back into the parenting course and when you're in something you're a bulldog so when you're learning something new we all have to prep for a period of what we'll just call you know energy you're, you're very into it
0: Totally Between Train Hearts and ACBC I did get a bit focused Focused That's like, a better <laughs> word for it Focused <laughs> I felt like I needed a needle into everyone's hearts but mm. um, best encouragement side note this week was from my mentor who gave me a clarion call to stop being so instru- introspective and mm-hmm. just focus on serving Christ
1: Yeah So long story short short on all that i'm thinking godiva chocolate and you're thinking are we close does he still love me and honestly we talked for an hour in the car another hour at cheesecake factory and by hour three we were exhausted i was sustained by my godiva chocolate
0: (laughs) and then i selfishly said i feel like you're not pursuing me (laughs) and you (laughs) joked you need you need to be pursued you need oh, to be pursuable. Yes, that's what you it. You
1: said, so th- this is bad timing. Again, I'm uh, this is not jokey time. This should not ab- <laughs> Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> you said, "I feel like you're not pursuing me." And I said, "Well, you need to be pursuable."
0: That's what it was. Yes. Yeah, yes.
1: That's 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 Pac-Man failure. Okay, so now for everyone who thinks we don't argue, there you go. And anyone who thinks their husbands a piece of work, imagine that 10-day sprint she had with this Neanderthal. So like I said, we each apologized for some things. I explained my devotion to you, but the emotions were still pretty heavy.
0: And I think you're right. It was the first time in 19 years where we chose to not heed anger, hurt, spend another two hours talking about nonsense, but simply just trust the Lord's work in the other, all the years of history. And I said, let's shut this and go kiss.
1: And we did. Sorry, Ethan. I know that's pretty gross. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in all seriousness, in the end, I was, we got it. We got to stop a that. <laughs>
1: That's a long music. That's a lot of music.
0: <laughs> but honestly, in the end, I was very thankful for the heart issues being exposed. I love that we get to
1: do this together. Me too. So let's make a turn there because the goal of today's pod isn't to sit here and diagnose our spits and spats, what Song of Solomon calls the little foxes that eat at the garden, but to talk about what is behind them, specifically anger versus peace and patience.
0: And we know that many of you, our Date Night fam, have maturing marriages where you're putting off the old simmer or explosion of anger, but we also know there are some of you still struggling with anger and anger. outbursts and all the consequences that come with Mm. it. And this is a real thing for Christian marriages because we're told in premarital counseling to lead our wife or submit to our hubby. But what makes sense in concept is way different than the day to day.
1: So we pray this is helpful for you. And it's just the tip of biblical iceberg on the issue, like we already said. So if you want to dig a bit deeper, check out that Ed Welch book that we mentioned at the beginning.
0: Where would you like to
1: start? Well, let's make sure that we all agree on the problem. So we'll put the challenge or the obstacle up front, because I think a lot of us were raised to see anger as kind of a common and typical thing think about how many shows you watch growing up sitcoms where you're, you're you know they blow off a little steam or they're venting
0: and that's what tv and movies yeah. all say so
1: we need to understand just because something is common doesn't mean that it's right or innocent you know, carbon monoxide is common, but we don't sit around and breathe it in. And everyone's been hurt and many internally wrecked by anger. I mean, think about a father who yells at his 10-year-old son, you know, you always mess everything up. Even if the father doesn't know, in that moment, his son loses something. Mm-hmm. A bit of security and enjoyment of his dad and the relationship may never recover. Or in our example, a marriage when a husband calls his wife ugly or fat. Or, or- pregnant. <laughs> or pregnant. <laughs> You know, Or a wife mocks her husband's body or romantic ability or ability to provide or whatever. Those are deep wounds and they last a while.
0: And even if we've not experienced massive outbursts, we've all seen anger impact our lives in some way where our words get us into trouble or we feel out of control or we look angry even when we don't mm. feel it. Or we've always been, you know, we can be rubbing our spouse wrong or disciplining our kids in anger or losing jobs and scripture affirms these are outcomes of anger. You know, Proverbs 14 29 says, he who has a hasty temper, exalts folly.
1: Yeah, and also Proverbs fifteen eighteen: a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, or whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, Proverbs sixteen thirty two. So over time, like you said, our life takes one of two paths, the wise path away from outburst into good reputation, and then some really coveted insight and wisdom, or toward death fights folly and loneliness.
0: So how would you define anger, my love?
1: Yeah, I'll quote from Ed Welch's little book we mentioned. First is anger indicts others. It says, you're wrong. And it's about making judgments, like a judge presiding over a courtroom pronouncing verdict. And it even goes a step further, becoming the prosecutor. You wronged me. And this is where things get complicated because wise judges recuse themselves when things get personal, stepping down off the bench and letting another unbiased judge take over. But in our anger, we don't recuse ourselves. Mm. We adopt the role of judge as well. So you picture that. You're prosecutorial. You're indicting. You're also then the judge. So now we're judge, jury, and prosecutor. And then to top it off, we acquit ourselves in the whole thing and instead of trying tracking our biases and seeking help, we say, I'm right. And meanwhile, whatever relationship we had is going down in flames while we do it.
0: Because relationships don't do well in
1: courtrooms. Because
0: even if we're right, the fact that we took the role of prosecuting a judge rather than being humble and loving tears the relationship apart.
1: Exactly. Which is why Jesus said, either leave the courtroom or enter as the accused. You know, he said, judge not that you be not judged.
0: Would you say that's the first step away from Mm -hmm. anger in a home, getting off the
1: courtroom bench? It is, because the reality is we all make judgments, and we need to, and sometimes we're right. Other times we're wrong, but Jesus said those judgments should be made very, very carefully. How so? Well, in the Matthew 7 passage that I just quoted, he says, With the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, meaning when you judge, use the same criteria with yourself as you do with others. But Jesus knows even with that goal, we're still gonna be tempted to manipulate, to see ourselves through rose-colored glasses and to have a bias. So he adds, you hypocrite. (laughs) First, Mm -hmm. take the log out of your own eye and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye.
0: So good. So he's saying, reserve your harshest judgment for yourself. Put yourself in the courtroom first Mm -hmm. and have a full trial and then give up our confidence and self-righteous attitudes. And then and only then can we begin to make wise judgments about our
1: spouse. Yes, correct.
0: Will that selfish judgment look different for different people.
1: Absolutely, because there's so many ways that anger manifests itself. And actually, a lot of people who don't appear angry can actually harbor a lot of anger on the inside. It just comes out differently than the Hulk or something.
0: Like seething or simmering.
1: Yeah, and that's what Welch calls covert anger, which we just called sarcasm, and you alluded to it earlier when I nailed you with my evism about being pursuable. You know, that can include things like grumbling or gossip or annoyance or smoldering or rolling of the eyes, vengeful, irritable, entitled, even superiority, to be honest.
0: That's so interesting. I don't think we typically associate those with anger
1: but they are because they flow from judgment Mm -hmm. Um, another one could be like a cold anger the the silent treatment or withdrawal or indifference like a cold shoulder controlling detached keeping score uh, or criticizing
0: Oof, I think we ladies feel that or (laughs) at least I can
1: yeah and then obviously cataclysmic anger jealousy wrath war murder quarrels rage envy and all that stuff
0: Well, let me try to break down the heart issues here. Sarcasm is anger because it suggests a self-righteous, you're stupid and I'm not. Grumbling is anger because it's saying, I want. Gossip is passing a verdict on another. Withdraw is a form of passing punishment until a soul begs good graces. Indifference may be the worst because it says, I don't care and you're in exile. And then jealousy says, I want what you have and I deserve it.
1: Hmm. And it doesn't have to come out of the mouth to be anger. Mm. We can hate in the very privacy of our hearts. We can spite, we can hurt, we can murder all from the eyes, the mouth, the folded arms, the lack of hugs and withholding intimacy. So true. So let's slide over to give everyone some help here. And as you, the date night family all heard, we're far from perfect. So we offer these as helpful ideas and we're constantly implementing them to be better in the home, but also better in ministry, friendships and in our marriage.
0: So we're just calling these eight answers for anger and they're really basic.
1: Yeah. Yeah but if you do them, there will be growth. Should I read them? Yes. And I'll speak to each one.
0: Answer for anger. Number one is walk out of a conflict because you may or do something destructive.
1: And this is foundational to starting a new anger pattern in your life. It's just learning to zip the mouth until there's something constructive to say, you know, like the old ad, we've all heard it, right? If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. But even beyond that, a spirit of humility, a body language that doesn't threaten or withdraw. And that is what Bree and I typically do. You know, we let these little slights go all week long if there's something that we've said or done to one another until date night and we just write them down and then when we're away from the kids we have cool heads we work through them and it's 10 times easier than sniping at one another during game time uh, when there's so much else to, to be done
0: Answer for anger number two is you've studied and memorized Bible verses on anger.
1: Yeah, and this is another duh, but if we're Christians, the Lord himself prayed, sanctify them in the truth, thy word is truth, which is a prayer promise that our growth starts in the Bible. And let me say that in the negative, you'll never overcome heart anger in this life until you're saturated with the word of God.
0: Amen. And number three is you've asked someone to pray for you about your anger.
1: Yeah, and part of this is acknowledging that you're sinning in your anger. Because when you go to another for prayer, there's a humbling of self and only after humility will there come honor and use Bible words, not I lost it or I had an edge or I was frustrated, but actually just say it, you know, I was unkind. I hurt him. I was angry. I'm a sinner.
0: And number four, you've asked God and the person offended for forgiveness
1: for an outburst. Again, public apology is part and parcel to acknowledging the sin. First, we confess to God our sin and resolve to change toward righteousness. Then we rejoice in forgiveness through Christ. Next, we ask God for his transforming grace to change. And lastly, we go to the person we've shown anger towards and ask for their forgiveness as well
0: answer for anger number five is you're able to identify idolatrous desires that lead to
1: anger which just means that you can see the heart issue driving your explosions and that could be lust control power jealousy envy or any of those other things we talked about a minute ago
0: awesome and answer for anger number six is you
1: thank people yeah because it's hard to be angry at people you're thankful for Mm -hmm. (laughs) you did that a couple days ago you know we've been working on timeliness and i mentioned something and you gave an abbreviated response indicating your dislike for it and then a few Hmm. minutes later you came back and you said i'm I'm sorry for not accepting your counsel and I'm thankful for how you <laughs> leave me. That was really kind.
0: I think the response was, hmm,
1: Yeah, something like that. (laughs) And
0: number seven is you have Jesus in view.
1: As you picture an innocent savior dying at Calvary for your anger, it prompts you to put it away.
0: And the last one, number eight is you identify and strive for anger's opposites.
1: Which just refers to humility, self-control and love, resting in God's justice versus your own, being more interested in God's glory and the other's good rather than having your own way or being right.
0: Amen. Put off and put on my favorite (laughs) subject. (laughs) Yes, it
1: is. (laughs) Well, we did it. Eight answers to anger. And we talked about one of our own battles royale with a smile, and I think we're still friends. You bet. All right. Well, I'd say that's a win.
0: I think you should tell others how you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Drop the bucket last second, MJ.
0: Should you tell others how you tried to be Michael Jordan?
1: Every nineties kid tried to be like Mike. But Come there's on. Pictures. All right. Now I'm angry. <laughs> All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we laugh, but we know that there are homes hurting today. Things have been said, words that can't be put back in the bottle, feelings have been hurt, and certainly a husband or wife listening knows it's time to repent and come clean. So give them strength, Lord, to approach you, to approach their spouse, to approach their pastor, to put off the sin of anger that destroys, and to put on humility. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for being our family. As always, a special thanks to Mission Bible, the FTG team, and Ethan, our producer. And until next week, pursue Christlikeness, keep living for the gospel, and fighting for the family.